Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is uh, Gerald Brooks. I want to thank you again for listening uh, to the podcast. As I've mentioned to you over the past several podcasts, the the reach of uh, this particular platform is becoming uh, greater and greater. And uh, that's because of you. You're going out of your way to articulate and to let people know. I think that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Hey, uh, today I want to tackle a lesson that's uh, pretty simple, uh, but I think it really hits the heartbeat of where a lot of people are living, and that is why most leadership teaching fails. Why most leadership teaching fails. Now, I gave that title specifically because in the day in which we live, there seems to be uh, more leadership teaching than ever. There seems to be more communication pieces. There seems to be more TED Talks, um, video distributions, books, uh, courses, systems that deal with leadership than ever before. But one of the things that's amazing for the amount of leadership uh, teaching that is out in our society, it doesn't seem to have produced a high level of leaders within our society. So why is it that most leadership teaching fails? Well, uh, let me give you uh, my first thought. Uh, Most teaching on leadership is theoretical. And what that means is, is that it's teaching that has a great concept, but it doesn't necessarily have a great context. And concepts that haven't been moved into context fail. So, A lot of people are writing their doctoral dissertations on leadership and they have a great idea of of leadership and they're going through all of the different thoughts about leadership. And so as a result of that, they have great concepts, but you still have to have context. And so uh, most of the leadership teaching out there tends to be on the theoretical side. Well, in this theory, this is what leadership uh, should live in, in a business arena, in a corporate arena, and so it's along that. And uh, there's some major magazines from major schools, some major podcasts out there that do an excellent job. Uh, I'm an avid reader and listener of them, but I also know that when I'm all said and done, I know that I've been taught concepts that have no concrete context. And as a result of that, a lot of what I'm hearing I know cannot be implemented in what I call the real world. The second thing is, is that um, a lot of leadership is technical. And so uh, what you'll find is, is that there's highly technical leadership. This can be in the Wall Street area of life that's based on algorithms and uh, mathematical equations. They're based on existing known uh, variables, and they go out there and they articulate and they say, hey, if all of these things are true, then this is the outcome. And if all of these things are so, then this is the result. But the simple truth of the matter is, is that for the average person trying to lead in life, their family, uh, a small business, a small community of people, a church, uh, it's many times too technical. 
And so you have the theoretical, you have the technical, and then third, it's because a lot of it's not transferable. It doesn't have a scalable point. So I can't basically take it from a Fortune 500 company down to the guy who's starting a business tomorrow who is mom and pop. So how do you take a technique or a concept that is lived out on a Fortune 500 level and make that transferable to the lowest common denominator out there? So uh, it may work in the boardroom, but it doesn't necessarily work in the workroom. And one of the things that I would say about leadership teaching is that it has to be functional. It has to have a handle to it that people can do it. So what I want to do is I want to make leadership functional. Now, I'm a pastor. Those of you that listen, you know that I'm a pastor. It's what I've done my whole life. I've done this now for 40 years. As a result of doing it for 40 years, I've been privileged to be involved in a lot of organizations. But all of these organizations uh, have um, backgrounds to them. But one of the things is I have to make leadership functional. And to make it functional, it means I have to make it practical. So how do I take high-level leadership and make it functional and practical? And so I just want to give you some things that um, I ask my people to do in my organization. And they're highly functional things. They're highly practical things. And maybe you can take this concept and say, okay, of the theoretical of uh, the technical and the non-transferable, what are the functional things I can tell people in my scope of leadership to get them moving ahead? So number one is lead with your example. Uh, It's one of those concepts that uh, I believe can never be communicated enough, can never be communicated often enough, and that is just simply uh, that you have to be able to lead and your first leading with your example. As I like to put it, you lead in a fish bowl. So uh, all your actions become a standard for what everybody else does. And it's the old saying, people don't do what they hear, they do what they see. And as a leader, you cast a vision. That vision is every day. Uh, Your example is there. And so in my context, Um, I ask uh, my leaders to be an example by where they sit, uh, by how they respond, how they react. And so just lead by example. Assume that everyone is watching you. So what is your reaction? Does your reaction lead them to be more positive, to be more responsive? So even though we do multiple services and I hear the same worship content over and over again, It's my job to always be a worshiper. It's my job to always lead in worship by being in the pew, being someone who's responsive, uh, by being the individual who's going to sit up front, be attentive, being the individual who's going to be encouraging whoever's communicating, saying yes to that, that's good, that's uh, a great point. So number one, lead with your example. Number two, lead in prayer. Now, when I talk about leading in prayer, Uh, I believe in the power of the 30-second prayer. In fact, um, the concept of the 30-second prayer was taught to me 
by a very dear friend, John Maxwell. When he pastored out at Skyline, he would talk about the power of the 32nd prayer. He would talk about how when you walk through people, someone will uh, nudge you on the shoulder and say, hey, will you pray for me? And you'll stop and you'll say, for what? And they just lost their job. Uh, Their child is going through an experience, some events going on. And typically what gets said is, well, I'll pray for you. And one of the things that he said is just learn the power of the 32nd prayer. Don't tell anyone you're going to pray for them. Grab their hand and just pray. And it's amazing to me that the 32nd prayer has such big dividends. That people love being prayed for. People love that God is listening to a prayer that regards them. And the number of people that will come back and say, Hey, do you remember when you prayed for me? And it was just a short burst prayer. But I never miss the opportunity when someone tells me the need to lead in prayer. Lead in prayer, that 30-second prayer. Uh, Another concept is uh, just lead by backing up. Um, You know, um, I've told the story about my son, Cody. Uh, He was uh, a very high-level baseball player. And as a high-level baseball player, he played um, at levels of baseball that probably only 1% of everyone who starts out ever gets to play and 1% of the people from college end up getting scholarships and uh, the people who get scholarships ever get asked to to play on any kind of minor league team. So he was uh, a highly gifted uh, baseball player. But one of the things in baseball is they always practice backing up. So if there's a throw to first base, the catcher's backing up, the right fielder's backing up. If there's a throw to second base, the center fielder's backing up. Uh, There is a drill in baseball when a throw is done that everyone is moving somewhere in a backup position. Well, here's what I can tell you. Everyone wants to know in our society what their job is. And I wish that... um, Hiring people was so simple that I could just tell people what their job is. But what I can tell you is whatever your job is, you're going to have to back up someone else. And so uh, maybe data processing is overloaded and you're going to have to step in. Uh, Maybe the front team uh, care team has got so many issues that they're working people through that they need another one. What I tell people is you're not going to succeed in leadership if you're not willing to back up other people. Everyone understands that they have a job to do, but everyone also understands that they have to learn to back up. So that is the context. Another thing is, is to lead outside the room. Um, you know, in a church, you have a whole lot of rooms, or at least we do. We're, we're blessed and privileged to have the resources that we have a whole lot of rooms. And so we have a whole lot of classes going on. But one of the things that I've noticed is, is that people who are responsible for a classroom, they tend to stand at the front of the classroom. But before the class stands, the most important place that you could stand would be at the door of the classroom and that you would sort of stand in the hall and you would lead outside because people are always walking by and they don't know where to go. And you can easily just say, hey, uh, you heading towards a class? Well, I was thinking about it. Hey, why don't you come in and hear this? And that little moment of encouragement creates an opportunity for people who just say, hey, uh, I'm going to come in and it ends up being a life-changing thing. 
But what I found is a lot of people want to lead in their room, but they don't want to lead outside their room. And this isn't public school where you're guaranteed a certain number of kids. Uh, this is ministry, and you got to go get people. Uh, you catch fish by going out and fishing, and you got to lead outside your room. Another one is lead by preparing. One of my favorite leadership statements is this, is that if you're not over-prepared, then you're under-prepared. And so uh, all of us know that there are issues that we deal with, circumstances that we deal with, and because there's issues and circumstances that we deal with, you've got to be able to lead, and you've got to be able to lead by preparing. So I know that as much as I plan my schedule, unfortunately someone will pass away. Someone will be in a car wreck. Someone will go through a hard time. A marriage will break up. And as a result of that, you lead by preparing. When you're ahead, you have time for the unexpected. When you're not ahead, you have no time for the unexpected. So lead by preparing. Here's another practical thing. Lead by thinking. Just thinking. You know, uh, I joke often that Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 6, take no thought. That's the King James Version. And uh, I believe some people have taken that literally and have never had a thought. They've never taken a thought. But I believe that um, we can be spiritual people who use our mind and that thinking is a process. I'm always thinking. I'm always articulating. I'm always valuing. I'm always trying to think of a great idea. In fact, every day I believe, God, give me one good idea. Just one good idea. And so lead by thinking. Here's another thing. Very functional leadership. Lead by saying thanks. You know, especially in uh, the job that I do, I deal with uh, people who uh, have a servant's heart. They're going to give you time to work in our youth, our children's, our worship ministry, all the dynamics there. And do you know what? They don't get paid. But what they should get is they should get my thanks. And so when someone is busy doing something that's on the non-paid staff, I'm always going to say, hey, thank you for doing this. Thank you for giving up the time. Thank you for, for what you're doing. Thank you for making a difference. So just lead by saying thanks. Uh, another thing is um, lead by meeting new people. What I can tell you is, is that life is filled with relationships and God's sending people by you all the time. But if you're so focused on the few relationships you already have, you may overlook the relationships that God knows you're going to need. And so lead by meeting people. Just lead by saying, hey, uh, my name is, and introduce yourself and say hi to them. Be proactive. If they look at you and say, hey, we met last week, just say, I apologize. Sometimes I'm slow at getting names. But just lead by meeting people. Another point of practical leadership is lead with your face. Um, you know, it's Abraham Lincoln who said he wasn't going to put someone in his cabinet because he didn't like their face. And uh, the people looked around him and said, well, what do you mean you don't like their face? They can't help that. And he said, when you reach a certain age, everyone's responsible for their face. You know, with our face, we can put on a do not disturb sign. With our face, we can put on an accessible sign. With our face, we can have an impression. You know, uh, again, my dear friend John Maxwell puts it this way, smiling is the cheapest facelift you will ever get. And if most people thought, smiled, it would just be the difference. 
And and so lead with your face. Just just lead uh, by having an example that you're smiling and uh, that you're not shutting down for business. Don't bother me. Don't do this. And what I can tell you is a lot of people, they have to practice smiling. When I first started this church, uh, I had to practice smiling. I had to literally go to the mirror and say, I've got to smile better. And I know that that is one of those things you guys may say, oh, awkward. But I'm just telling you, uh, some of us don't naturally do it. So we mechanically do it until we naturally do it. And so you just learn that. You learn to say thanks. You learn to smile. You learn with your face to be open and receptive. You learn uh, to be able to think and to prepare. Another thing is uh, lead in giving. Um, As I tell everyone, leaders should be the best givers that uh, have ever existed. Uh, Leaders should not be the best takers. They should be the best givers. And as a leader, you should be giving in a high-function way, and you should be giving. And as a result of that, you should uh, be leading in your giving. Let me give you a couple more. Uh, Lead by learning. Always being a learning platform where you're always welcoming knowledge in. You're always learning from bad experiences, good experience. You're learning from watching other people. Just lead and learning. Another one is lead beyond your age. I like to tell because I have a, a, a lot of young people around me. Um, and that is just simply, you may not have the experience, but you can have the wisdom. And what that means is I have young people that haven't been married. But you know what? Uh, they can still have wisdom about marriage. They may not have kids, but they can still have wisdom. See, when I started this church, everyone here was older than me. Everyone was further along. Well, I'm their pastor. I couldn't lead with experience, but I could learn with lead with wisdom. And so always lead um, beyond your age. And so uh, just, just lead. Another thing is, if you're going to lead, lead regardless of your problem. Here's what I can tell you. You've got problems. I've got problems. Everybody's got problems. That's not to minimize your problems. I know that we want to post them on Facebook and let everyone know what our problems are. But you've got to lead regardless of what your problems are. Heaven and hell is based on your decision to be a leader. Always be effective regardless of what your problem is. Here's another one. Uh, Lead by growing a team. What I can tell you is the leadership uh, is just uh, very, very simple. And that is that you cannot do it all yourself. So invest in other people who will help you lead. And then uh, lead emotionally. Uh, Life is just filled with a whole lot of emotional moments. I just want to encourage you, figure out how to handle the good and the bad in life and lead emotionally. I'm not sure how many I gave you. I think I gave you uh, around 15. Uh, But these are just practical things because I have to make leadership transferable and I have to make leadership functional. So I hope this helps you, uh, and uh, regardless of what your leadership position is, I think you can utilize it to uh, uh, maybe break down how you need people to lead around you and how you can be a better leader. Again, thank you. I do want to say uh, two things. Uh, I think by the time this podcast gets up and gets out, uh, we will be close to doing the Breaking the 500 event uh, here in Plano. We've got a good group of people coming to that 
I want to encourage you that if that is a numerical number that you need some wisdom on, I will be talking about the uh, the seven things that stunt a church growth. I will be talking about the four kinds of change every leader uh, and church goes through. I'll be talking about the 10 qualities every uh, leader needs to know about his or her staff, plus a lot of other lessons. If you'd like to sign up, you can go to our webpage and uh, Gerald Brooks Ministry and do that. And I'd just like to encourage you to do that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.